0: Good morning church. Good morning. So good to be with you this morning. If I haven't had the chance to meet you, my name is Zach and I have the joy of being campus pastor here at this church. It truly is a joy um, and uh, I, I just um, come to you today with a heart full and I just I'm kind of like in this place of deep gratitude. Um, I just sense God, the creator of all things, come and just uh, Reside with us and inhabitate our, our, our praises this morning. Wasn't that awesome? Worship, worship, something was happening. Let's just give God some praise for that. <laughs> Lord, we thank you. Yes. As many of you guys know, we are in a teaching series called NUMA. And this is, the subtitle is The Indispensable Role of the Holy Spirit. And today we're going to focus on, focus on the fruit the fruit. So before I jump into the word here, I wanted to start off with some church signs. We have a church sign out there. And so I kind of, we got our hands on some church signs, uh, church signs that I think are pretty funny. Um, So let's check this out. The first one is this. Don't let worries kill you. Let the church help. Okay. 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 We love hurting people. Sharp turn. It's like, what? I'm not really sure about that one. Honk if you love Jesus, text while driving if you want to meet him. I like that one. <laughs> um, do you know what hell is? Come hear our preacher.
1: It's
0: ridiculous. Blah, 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 just come to church. <laughs> and then this last one, God wants spiritual fruits, not religious nuts. It's funny, funny stuff. You know, as I mentioned, uh, we're in this teaching series, and we've called it Pneuma, and it comes from this Greek word for spirit, and it also means breath or wind, and the Holy Spirit, he is the provider of of spiritual oxygen, so to speak, and he's the provider of life that then produces fruit in our life, and all through the scripture, the word uh, points to the Holy Spirit as the provider and the catalyst of this new life. And so let's just do a quick lightning round from the Old Testament and into the New Testament real quick here of some of the ways that, that the Holy Spirit is the provider and the catalyst for new life. The Holy Spirit breathed into Adam. We know this. This has been a part of our teaching series. Breathed into him and he became a living being. In creation, the Holy Spirit hovered over the chaos and brought order and life over the world. The Holy Spirit Um, gave life to the valley of dry bones and into the human heart. The Holy Spirit was the life giver in the conception of Jesus, our Lord. The Holy Spirit gave resurrection life to Jesus after his death on the cross. The Holy Spirit gives new life, according to John 3. That's been our kind of like a main verse for us in this teaching series. He gives us new life, spiritual life. We must be born again. This is caused by the Holy Spirit. And then today, what we're going to kind of unpack today is the Holy Spirit enables us to be alive and to be free from, from living in the bondage of sin. Humans, were, we were never intended to live without the Holy Spirit. Never intended to live without the Holy Spirit. And so today, I want to talk about this life-giving substance of the Holy Spirit, and in particular, the fruits of the Spirit. And this contrast in the language of the New Testament of the flesh and the spirit. And this is all from Galatians 5, all right? So let's jump into the the text here in Galatians 5, verse 13. If you have your Bibles, you also can use uh, the QR code and follow along on the message notes. And so let's jump in. Let's just take a deep breath in and out. Receive this into our hearts. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be Free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire loss fulfilled in keeping this one command love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you, you are not to do whatever you want. But if you were led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So with that, why don't you you just, I love the word. I just love the word. But with that, let's just turn to our neighbor. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. Neighbor. Say it again. Neighbor. Neighbor. Live Live by the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you, and we just posture ourselves to receive from you. Holy Spirit, thank you that your primary mission is to glorify Jesus, and so Jesus, be glorified in this place. Would you speak and allow us to leave changed? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, as many of you guys know, um, Rachel and I spent a season uh, in missions, uh, and we went to Thailand for a while, and we served, in particular, a bunch of our time was serving this orphanage that opened up their home, this family. It was a family kind of oriented orphanage that provided a home for orphans who had HIV. And uh, it was really remarkable to serve them and do construction and teach English and uh, present the gospel and, and serve there. Anyway, so on the weekends, we would kind of enjoy all of the, the amenities of Thailand, all the good food. And, man, authentic Thai food, authentic pad thai, uh, fresh fruit. Um, man, we, there was this one place we'd go, and it just served the best, most succulent mangoes and then and pineapples. And it was just so good. But the thing they would do is they would, uh, they would coat it with a bunch of sugar. <laughs> They would just, like, coated it with sugar. I'm, like, watching the first time, I'm like, you're adding sugar to this perfectly beautiful piece of sh- fruit. And not to mention, they would actually add MSG on it. And it was so good. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> Sweet and salty. Um, it was so good, but not good for us. Um, this story is kind of, kind of ridiculous. Uh, but I just love fruit. Uh, I love fruit. And I love this picture That this word picture that Paul uses, inspired by the Holy Spirit, of fruits of the fruit of the Spirit. And let's read that again in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know, this passage that we just read is uh, the one that this this one's embedded in and nested in. is very, there's a lot to it. It's kind of a complex and there's a lot of rich contextual history with it. I don't really have the time to really unpack it uh, fully, but by exploring a couple key terms and what the Apostle Paul is arguing for and against, I believe that we are gonna be able to wrap our arms around what's going on here. And I believe that it's gonna be very significant and rewarding for us. First, the Apostle Paul indicates that faith in Christ is characterized by freedom. It's by freedom, right? We talked about this last week. And we read one of my favorite passages in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Man, that just carries anointing. I just love that passage. And then also in Galatians, from our teaching text for today, in Galatians 5, verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Galatians 5, verse 1, this is earlier in the text. It it says it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. So why did Christ set you free? For freedom itself, for freedom itself. So like I said, we talked about freedom last week and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And wasn't that good? Wasn't that powerful? Like Just hearing those testimonies and those those words of encouragement and even some, some prophecy. Just think that God wants to do something, so we just yield to him. And so we just give him permission to interrupt at any point and lead this, lead this service. You know, so today I wanna to quickly talk about what Paul is sort of contrasting here in this passage, and then a few ideas to consider about the fruit of the Spirit. Luke, do you mind grabbing my coffee right there? Thanks, brother. know, wet the palate. Thanks, dude. So first off, Paul's contrasting freedom and the flesh, right? So he's, he's kind of contrasting life in the spirit. What is life in the spirit? So the life in the spirit and life in the flesh. In Galatians chapter five, verse 13, again, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge, indulge the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love. And then verse 17, again, it's like really, really making a point here, Paul. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, And the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. And so in this passage, what's going on here? In this passage, Paul is really talking about two different operating systems for humanity. One operating system is is life apart from God and navigating life on your own. And the other one is learning to live by the presence and freedom and resources of the Holy Spirit who dwells inside of us. And so Paul is drawing this contrast and unpacking this, this reality, this internal conflict, right? You ever feel that internal war? I know I do. Well, you know, are we going to be led by the flesh that kind of leads to sin and, and mental slavery and anxiety and broken relationships and inevitably death itself? Or will we, will we be led by the spirit who leads us into renewal and freedom and community and a life fully alive. This is, the, this is the conflict. This is the spirit versus the flesh. And so the scripture is saying that we can't, we can't live with two operating systems. We just can't. This is not how Holy Spirit works. And it's also not how the church should operate either. We should not have like this bifurcation or this, this dueling operating systems, so to speak. So what is the flesh? It's kind of like a religious word, it seems like. So let's talk about this a little bit. And when we talk about flesh, I don't know what comes to your mind right now. Like, what do you think of? But I think sometimes when Christians, sometimes Christians are seen to be opposed to the body, right? Have you ever come across that? It's just like, oh, the flesh is so bad. Like, it's just bad flesh. But it's not, it's not true. Like, God loves the body, right? Jesus is still embodied in heaven. It's kind of miraculous. He dwells inside of our body. When we are resurrected, we're gonna get a new body. Like the body and the flesh is not necessarily bad, right? So, and this is not what the New Testament really talks about, maybe uh, bar a couple instances. But the flesh is basically this. It's coping mechanisms for life apart from God. Coping mechanisms for life apart from God. From God, It means, it means our like independent coping strategies to get through life without having to depend on God. And so for the Christ follower, we have this new and renewing life, this free life in the Spirit. But I don't know about you, but there's these parts of me that I, just, I encounter often. I'm just like, there is deep brokenness in my heart. There is some deep wounds that I'm kind of operating from. And there's this nature that seems to war against the spirit life, this sinful nature. Have you ever felt that way? And so the call is that we cannot be a people that rely on our natural human instincts and responses. But instead, we need to to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us to shape us and to transform us. And church, if we do, our lives will start and continue to produce life a life-giving substance that will feed your soul and restore your life and feed the, your relationships and restore your relationships and kind of set you further on the trajectory of a life of flourishing. This is, this is known as, this substance is known as the fruit of the Spirit. And then again, I'm just going to read this again because it's just so good. Galatians chapter five, verse 22. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And by the way, when I I read these scriptures again, like I know I just read it and I know that you know what they are, but it's something for us to bring past the, the cerebral, And into the spirit, right? And when so, I'm asking us sometimes when I'm reading these verses, like receive them. So I'm take a deep breath, right? It's like receive them into our inner being, and I feel like there's healing power in there. Who wants some of that fruit of the spirit? Anyone? I know I do. I just need it. Uh, Rachel has been out of out of town. My wife Rachel and I'm just encountered with my need for the spirit and for the fruit. Patience with my kids. Uh, it's a joy to, to be with them, but I'm just like, man, I, I, I need you, Holy Spirit. And so how do we allow the Holy Spirit to be produced in our life? How, well, Paul gives us some insight in, in the same chapter. Um, in verse 16, he says, walk by the Spirit. And I just love that it's, it's this picture of walking, right? It's not run, go hurry up. It's walk by the Spirit. And then verse 18, be led by the Spirit. Verse 25, Live by the Spirit. And then again in verse 25, keep in step with the Spirit. And so our lives will produce the fruit of the Spirit when we align ourselves with the life and leadership of the Holy Spirit. Now, I love this uh, quote from from Scott McKnight. He is a New Testament scholar who kind of specializes on the kingdom of God and the Holy Spirit. And I came across this quote uh, this past week. And let me read it here. He says this Life in the Spirit is a life of a person who is surrendered to letting the Spirit have complete control. But we see here also that one does not gain this life by discipline or by mustering up the energy. One does not huddle with oneself in the morning, gather together his or her forces, and charge into the field of life full of self determined direction. Rather, the Christian life is a life of consistent surrender to the Spirit. Powerful. And so in light of that, in light of that, I want to kind of present to you guys something, three ideas I've been chewing on this week about the fruit of the Spirit. All right? And so the first one is this. The fruit of the Spirit is a Spirit-created result and not a self-generated practice. Okay? So let's unpack that a little bit. I think many times when we read this passage, right, it's so loaded. Like all these like, whoa. Like that's just almost graphic, right? It's just like, and then you have that contrasted with the fruit of the Spirit. And so sometimes I feel like the tendency is to read that passage and be like, oh man, I need to get all that stuff out of my life. Like maybe it's not as full on as some of those things, but it's maybe more subtle, but it's either way. It's like, I know there's things that are functioning out of coping mechanisms to not depend on God. I need to get that in my life, and then I need to get more fruit in my life, right? Am I the only one? I just feel like that's like the tendency. It's like, I just need to try a little bit harder. I've just not been trying very hard, right? But I just don't think that's what Paul is advocating here. I don't, I don't think it's what he's suggesting at all. Cultivating a deep connection and reliance on the Holy Spirit is the activation. That's the activation. And the fruit is the result or the byproduct or the overflow. This is how it works. It's not like the fruit on the trees is just like, oh, I'm going to muster up and grow. It's just, he's just, this he, <laughs> the fruit is just depending on this process, this life-giving process. And so what we need to remember here is that we're not doing something for God in this context. We're doing something with and from God in terms of producing fruit. And so this is a call that we need to continue to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit, right? And if we do, we will begin to live differently and experience this life of flourishing that God has always desired for us. So how do we do that? How do we, do, how do we live in this intimacy into this relationship with God? Well, I think we need to just reclaim the basics, right? Sometimes it's like I, I can just kind of go and riff on and, and go really deep into spiritual disciplines or something like that. But I think it just goes, just go back to the basics. Like how much, are we, are we am I a person of prayer? Am I I someone who's just trying to be connected with the Father as much as possible? Or am I more connected to my screen, right? Maybe there's these little trades that need to happen. I'm gonna just trade a little bit of my screen time for more prayer, or maybe work mode for the Bible and just soak in God's presence, and maybe just like lean into um, community versus my career. And I know these are kind of challenging things, but these are the basics, and when we do this, We step into this life of flourishing because it just makes an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to be in charge. You know, living in the Spirit is not about do's and don'ts. It's about partnering with Him in love and surrender. And partnering with Him to, like I said, to create this environment in our inner life that He loves to dwell in. Have you ever thought about that? Like, Rachel's going to be coming home uh, tomorrow, and the house is not like total chaos, but it's close. Um, you know, the kids are just like, when you have two toddlers, it just goes like nuts uh, in an hour. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna clean up the house and I'm gonna make things the way that she likes it because when I want her to come and just feel welcomed there. And she loves to dwell there. Like, do we consider that about, about the Holy Spirit? Are there things in my inner life that I can do to change, to just kind of like uh, allow him to be, to be truly welcome, right? And so we need to give him, we need to give him, number one, we need to give him our faith. Just give the Holy Spirit, give Jesus our faith. And with that is this conversation of trust as well, like we talked about last week. And we also need to give Holy Spirit our time, right? We need to give God our time and our attention. How much attention are we giving God? And we need to give God our intimacy, our vulnerability. Lord, I'm I'm hurting. Like, I'm actually really angry with this. Like, I'm gonna give you my emotions and I'm gonna trust you with them. The fruit of the Spirit is also, number two, the fruit of the Spirit is also a process that takes time. Everyone say time. Now say time in slow motion. <laughs> From this perspective, that's, that sounded weird. It's funny. Uh, you know, fruit, it doesn't grow overnight, right? Fruit doesn't grow overnight. Um, I remember when I was a kid, that we did that experiment with the styrofoam and the, and the soil, and you put the seed in there. Anyone else do that? And you like... Watch the seed grow, and I remember coming back the next day, and just being like, "Why is why can't I see anything? Why, it hasn't grown fast enough? Right? It's just like sitting there, like so perplexed, why it took so long for the seed to sprout up. You know, things take time to grow. Uh, we need to plant, we need to water, and we need to wait, and then we need to weed and prune, and then we need to wait, and then we can harvest." Instead, so often I feel like we we want to inject everything with like growth hormones, right? But this doesn't produce the life that we want in the Christian life. It doesn't produce the results that we truly desire and what God has for us. You know, I meet I meet Christians um, like this all the time. You're just like, okay, when I'm, not, I'm not. I don't live with this this uh, space. This this idea of time in my life. And then they seem, they seem like super spiritual, like spiritually mature on the outside, but then um, they're kind of emotionally immature on the inside. And I'm not saying like I've actualized. I'm sure that's probably the case with most of us, and if not myself. And the more I kind of go deep into the knowledge of Christ, the more I realize my need for him. I mean, like going back to like the, the Puritan prayers and like so much of it is just, Lord, I need you. <laughs> I need you. And I think that's the heart cry of our campus, and I think that's partly in our church, and I think that's partly why the Holy Spirit comes so tangibly is because we're expectant. We're not just playing church. We're not just doing religion, but we're expectant to encounter God and for him to heal and transform us. So anyway, there's this need for him. It's a tangent, but I think that's also why, like, we just, we are not giving the time to to heal, Um, and I think that's why people get, like I said, so offended and um it's also, or maybe I didn't say that, but people tend to get really offended easily. And I think that's a sign of spiritual maturity. And that's, and that's also why, like, if you have a propensity to be judgmental, I also think that's probably an indicator of spiritual immaturity. And that's why we don't, you know, and that those people don't tend to produce their own fruit, they just live off the fruit of others. And so they haven't taken the time it requires to heal and grow. This is just some real talk, but it's, it's a good reminder. But that's exactly what we need to do, right? We need to take time. We need to slow down. We need to unhurry. We need to declutter our schedule. It doesn't mean that we can't be productive. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't work hard. But it does mean that we should just get some of the clutter out and get some of the junk out of our life and our distractions and even even sin, right? And we need to spend time with Jesus. It will literally change everything. And we need to give ourselves, like, if I can leave you with this as well, or on this point, we just need, you need to give yourself more grace. <laughs> give yourself some grace. It's okay. And also, give each other grace. Give me grace. <laughs> you know, it's okay. And I think grace is the soil that grows everything else. And so give yourself grace and give others grace. And if you, I don't know about you, but have you ever felt like, man, I, I wish I was a little further along in my, my like, faith journey. Right? If you feel that way, you're in good company. <laughs> you're not alone with that. And if you don't feel that way, maybe someone should inspect your fruit for some pride. Just saying. <laughs> um, and finally, the fruit of the Spirit is, number three, matured and measured in relationships. Matured and measured in relationships. This is how God has set up discipleship and true followership of Jesus and spiritual formation. It's all designed to be in relationship, and that's why we're emphasizing groups. We're trying to help it out. It's hard to organize our life, so let's rally together as a community so that we can strategize to live in community, right? Measured, matured, and measured in relationships. Let's read Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 again. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. That's an interesting contrast. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. That's a harsh warning, sobering warning. You know, freedom isn't for letting our flesh run wild, right? It's for serving one another humbly in love. You know, the entire, (laughs) the scripture says, the entire law is fulfilled how? How? Love each other as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. It says biting and devouring each other is, is destructive. But when we start to walk in the spirit, freedom is unleashed. And love and the fruit of the spirit are the result and the overflow. So now we are not supposed to be, you know, we're not supposed to be judgmental, um, but we, we are allowed to inspect fruit, so to speak. And you can't, you know, it's, you can't really inspect fruit, the fruit of the Spirit in your life without the cooperation of others. It takes relationships to measure whether you're, you know, acting in love or being patient or, or any of these things. You know, relationships are used by the Holy Spirit to also mature us. So there's that measurement, but it's also these relationships are cause, causing maturity if we allow it. You know, what I've realized, what I've realized is people are annoying. <laughs> people are annoying. I'm annoying. <laughs> Maybe you're annoying, you know. Uh, and so what does that mean? We have to do life with annoying people. You have to do life with yourself, right? It's just part of life. And I, I'm kind of being hyperbolic, but there's true, there's this like, there's this, Friction that happens in relationships. But this is what causes growth. You know, maybe it's someone in, in your group, right? Maybe it's in your community group uh, that is annoying. Maybe it's actually your wife who's, who's frustrating or your husband who's aggravating, right? Maybe it's your friends or your coworkers. <laughs> maybe it's your wonderful kids. Um, and, and, you know, and... Maybe, maybe it's, you know, you flying off the handle with him, right? And um, I've never done that, personally. But I think there's these times when you're just like, ooh, there's like a little bit of conflict here. Ooh, there's like, this is agitating, and oh, I'm annoyed, or like, I, I'm finding myself judging this person. These are all indicators to, to allow the Holy Spirit to grow us. But it's not only like those annoying people or your wonderful children that, cause you to mature and to grow, but also good friends, right? Like good, trusted friends and mentors who help us mature. Healthy, loving, vulnerable, and trusting relationships are so spirit-inspired. This is what God has intended. Do you have someone in your life that you're pouring into? Do you have someone in life that you're, that you're like, I, they're ahead of me and I, like, I, I'm gleaning from them and they're mentoring me? This is, this is how God designed for the church to be. You know, we can't enjoy the fruit of the Spirit without relationships. You know, the Holy Spirit is the way we, we, of, of producing fruit and the way we measure fruit, and it's all in relationships. So today is, is Group Sunday, as you guys know, and I, I just want us to realize, as we kind of land the plane here, maybe I'll have Gabrielle come up. Um, you know, it's the Holy Spirit who really causes the significant community that we long for. Like I feel like there's this, there's this ache in our heart. Maybe it's different for you and maybe you're more of an introvert and that's cool. And I'm actually becoming more of an introvert, I think, but uh, there's, a, there's a human cry that I wanna be known, I wanna be seen and be appreciated, I wanna be loved and I wanna belong, right? And I feel like we need to rely on the Holy Spirit he is the one who's gonna create this in us. It's how he grows, it's how we really grow community. You know, Holy Spirit, I'll leave you with this thought here. The Holy Spirit is, Holy Spirit influence is increased and strengthened by relationships. And relationships are increased and strengthened by the Holy Spirit. They're cyclical and reciprocal. How you guys doing? Doing well? I wanted to kind of transition just for a moment and do just a time of ministry. Um, You know, I said a lot of stuff and try to unpack this passage. Um, And I hope that stuff is planted and I hope you feel challenged and encouraged by it. But I also want to allow ourselves to just kind of come into the leadership um, of the Holy Spirit right in this moment. And so with that, would you just like, would you maybe just close your eyes? And just kind of posture yourself before Jesus and his spirit. So many of us are intellectual. Maybe it's helpful to put your hands out um, or put your hands on your heart. helps put you in a receiving place. So, Holy Spirit, we just give you time right now. We allow you and give you permission to settle our hearts. We wait on you. Would you speak, Lord? Would you activate the gifts? Would you love us? today as we were worshiping I felt like you can keep your eyes closed I, I felt like today was kind of marked out for a time of repentance and not in a weird like, condemnation way or this, something like that but no just Lord I, I turn to you today I square up with you I turn my shoulders and my face towards yours change my mindset and maybe even give up, just I surrender at some sin in my life whether it's overt or, or not and so Lord I, I just repent too I turn to you receive your grace Would you come and replace all of those coping mechanisms, all of my own fleshly strategies to not depend on you, but to depend on myself. I just give those up right now. All the ways that I think I need to be strong, all the ways that I I cope, my sin, my unbelief. So I just feel like, just would you be willing to join me, church? If you want to trade... Some of, those, some of those things, this false religion, those indulgences, those sexual impurities. If you want to trade some of those things for the presence of the Holy Spirit who, who produces the fruit of the Spirit, and you want to do that trade right now and do this as an act of faith, would you raise your hand? My hand's raised. And so, Lord, I thank you for your supernatural power and for your mercy. And so, as a church family, we just repent. (laughs) We turn to you, God. We declare you as Lord in this place, Lord in this world. And we give you all of our sin. We lay it at the cross. All the things we've done in secret, all the things that we hold in our heart, our offenses. Our pride. We lay down at your feet right now. And we thank you that you are so much bigger. Your grace is so sufficient. Way bigger than our sin. And we just declare that with faith. And I just get the sense too, Lord, I pray for deliverance in this room. If people who have been tormented by evil frequencies Lord, we just plead Your blood and pray Your blood over all of my friends who've experienced that. There's certain people who are feeling this, this extra amount of anxiety and, and fear, depression, jealousy, and so, Lord, we just cancel all these assignments of the enemy. We also just allow our minds to be renewed and be transformed so that we can decipher what is a lie and what is true. I just pray for that growth, that maturity for all of us in this room. We love you, God. We thank you for what you're doing here. And then lastly, I want us to just receive the fruits of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. And so I'm going to say these things, and I want you to know that all of these things, these, this fruit is infinitely poured out upon you, unconditionally by the Father. (laughs) And let it minister to your heart. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Just receive the limitless love of God right now over you. And now joy, the infinite limitless joy of God over you right now. The peace of God over you right now. His forbearance and patience with you. His kindness over you. Just as you are. His goodness and His faithfulness his gentleness and his (laughs) self-control. And now I want you to just do that for yourself. Provide that for yourself right now. Give love to yourself. Give joy to yourself. Peace from the Holy Spirit for yourself. Patience for yourself. Kindness and goodness. Allow yourself to receive these things. Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control on yourself. And then lastly, I want you to see yourself, just like God gave you and you gave to yourself, see yourself giving this fruit to those around you, to your family, to your spouse, to your kids, to this community. Picture yourself giving love to our community to your spouse, to your kids, to your workplace, giving joy, giving peace, giving patience to those around you, giving kindness to those around you, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness to those around you, and self-control. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your sovereign, loving plan to come and rescue every single one of us. And we thank you, Jesus, that you achieved it by your faithfulness and your humility in your life, and your death, in your resurrection. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are applying this reality right now. And you are watering the seeds of the gospel that have been planted in us, that you desire to grow these, these incredible it's incredible fruit. And so we receive, we love, and we give as well. We thank you for this group Sunday and, in, and its deep roots in the significance of what you want for us. And so I thank you for popsicles. And I thank you for time that we're gonna spend after church to build friendship. Lord, we want our life to truly look like yours. And so we just seal what happened here. We draw close to you. We give you permission to transform us. And Lord, we say yes to you commissioning us to do what you do. We love you, God, with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. Can we just give God some praise for that? Praise God.